You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. For the week of May 21st, 2018, you are listening to episode number 159 of the D-Cast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy, and you are listening to the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and of course, Star Wars. That's right. This is the DCast. This week on episode number 159, myself and the Skylar Schuler talk all things on the box office rundown. Also, Incredibles 2, Solo, a Star Wars story, and the John Lasseter controversy that is wrapping up the Disney world. Is he coming back? Is he not? We don't know. We're talking about that and much more. So make sure you sit back, relax, and enjoy episode number 159 of Wait For It. The D-Cast. Back. This is Andy. With me, as always, is the one, the only, the man who has met Han Solo himself, Skylar Schuler. How are you doing today, Skylar? I am good. How are you, Andy? What is exciting? What is new? Oh, life! Speak. Life is life is life right now. Things are crazy for me. I, I may have broken my hand, which you know that just sucks. Uh, but you know, life goes on, and we're just trying to trying to get get things going here with the decast. Trying to I don't know. Life is life right now. What do you do? What do you do? I hear you. But lots of stuff going on. First, before we get anywhere uh, further with the show, I want to thank our Patreons who every week, every month, help us out um, by allowing us to you know, pay for the hosting of the show. And so all of you who are Patreon supporters, that is a, a service that essentially... It's a subscription service where you pay every month and you get certain rewards. And we have we have upped our rewards, as it were. And we have a new our new Patreon, Sean, who's now doing $20 a month. But we also have Isolina, Skylar Sandoval, Nicholas Russo, and Tino, and uh, Christine Butler, who are helping us out with the, the Patreon. And Sean is our newest Patreon with $20 a month. Uh, I'm getting, I, his t-shirt should be here any day i'm gonna get him a t-shirt uh, with our new logo which i love and i also for all of our patreons i am sending you two decast stickers so if you are a current patreon subscriber go ahead and get me your address just email me or uh, andy hernan at gmail.com or just hit me up on one of the decast social media networks in the dms hit me up get me an address where i can send you a set of two decast stickers and we will get those to you in the mail this week and Scott, I should probably send you some decast stickers too. You want some decast stickers? Uh, yes. I should probably send you. Of course. You, you sound so excited. Like I'm always excited. Yeah. Like, have you not? Have you not had your Powerade yet? <laughs> you silly, silly goose. <laughs> you just called me a silly goose. I just thought because I started drinking. I'm trying to get off soda, so I'm drinking Gatorade and Lacroix to get off soda. Lacroix. How do you like Lacroix? They have this new flavor. I didn't. Sarah Sarah Sterling kind of got me going on it. I've done a few th- shoots with her. And she liked it, so I, I started drinking it. And then one shoot we were doing, 
production company I'm with said just buy them whatever they like. So I went to Costco for a shoot. I bought this like 48 pack of LaCroix and she drank like two of them. <laughs> so in my oh. office, we've had LaCroix forever. So I've been drinking it at work, but they have this new like pineapple strawberry flavor that I'm really digging that was on sale. So and the, I'm, I'm just trying to get off soda because I drink way too much soda, like insane. So I'm, I'm, Gatorade was on sale for like 69 cents um, at our version of Ralph's here up in Oregon. Um, so I bought a bunch of those and they had LaCroix on sale. So I've been drinking those like crazy, trying to not drink soda. And then I remember from all the live streams that you were a Powerade guy. So I had to ask. Always, always been a Powerade guy. Believe it or not, I'm drinking a lot of seltzer water. Seltzer? It's kind of like LaCroix. Oh, kind of. It, yeah, it, but it has like this kick. It like feeds my appetite for mm, soda. Yes. So weird. That's kind of how LaCroix is. Like I need like, like Gatorade's good, but then I want the bubbles. So I'm like, okay, I'll have some, so back and forth. None of you guys really care about this. You're here for for all the wonderful Disney news here on episode number 159. Uh, just thank you all for being patient with us as we're getting things going, figuring out. I going. We've been doing this for five years. As I'm trying to figure out life, and Skylar's been so patient with me in the show. Um, yeah, just thank you guys. If you're not following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the various social media networks, just go to decast.com. You can find out find out where to follow us. If you want to support us on Patreon, go there as well. To all our links to everything is there. Also, make sure you're following Skylar at Disney Film Facts. Go to DisneyFilmFacts.com for all his stuff. And yeah, what else? What else we need to talk? What's going on this week? What's going What's going on with you? I mean, you've you met Han Solo. You met Childish Bambino. Uh, you met Opie, so how'd that go? We can talk more about it later, but you met these people, kind of. Uh, well, okay, well, here's the thing. It was supposed to be a more in-depth meet with these people, um, in all honesty. Uh, however, I, so I went and saw Solo. I, I saw it at the AM16 in Burbank, yep. which is a pretty nice theater. That's uh, small, but it's a nice theater. Um, went with a, a friend, a shout-out to my friend Rob White, uh, yeah, who represents that hashtag show. We went together, saw the movie, uh, sat with uh, Tiff, uh, Tiffany, uh, who was also there for Attractions Magazine. So shout out to Tiffany as well. Tiffany um, from so, formerly of Thingamaflogs? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. uh, her and her boyfriend were there. So we all, all the four of us sat together. We watched the movie. We had a nice time. Uh, I'm walking back to my car. This is Friday night. And what do I see in my, in, in my oh. front seat? but shattered glass everywhere someone broke into my car and it kind of brought the whole day down it kind of ruined everything still tried to make it out to the uh to the big press junket the following day in pasadena uh things got all bad and i was only able to ask uh, childish gambino a question so uh really didn't turn out the way i wanted it to turn out but still got to to meet a lot of cool people and just enjoy myself uh i'm hoping the next one i do is for incredibles 2 i should find out this week but we'll see i I wasn't going to say anything but like two days before that happened to you my both my wife and my car my wife and my cars were broken into (laughs) yeah it's wow it's a a sucky feeling these people in this world dude yeah it was uh oh gosh you just walk out well first thing like i woke up and i had this thing on my Phone saying, hey, we noticed an unusual charge on your credit card. I'm like, okay, and someone tried to pay a cell phone bill. I'm like, well, that's not my cell I don't, I don't use Metro PCS. You know, it's like a prepaid mobile service. I don't use that. You know, um, that's weird. So I'm like, okay, maybe someone stole my credit card number. You know, they've stopped it. They saw it. It was unusual. 
And they tried to do like a 3.30 in the morning, which was weird. And then they go outside and notice that there's crap everywhere. And like, oh, they got into both of our cars. I had a credit card like in the center, you know, console there. I just forgot it was there. And they took that. Took about, so they didn't take a whole lot. They were obviously in a hurry just to try to get cash for whatever as quick as they could. But that's just the worst feeling in the world, man. Like, oh, it's the worst. So, yeah. But I feel you, man. I was going to say something. I was like, no, I'm going to let him. I'm not going to try to like, well, I got broken into too, you know, but let you. No, it's the worst feeling in the yeah. world. So that's how our week's going. <laughs> yeah. Yay, decast. Woohoo! Yay. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the box office rundown then. This is the part of the show where we talk about what's going on at the box office. I haven't seen any movies in a long time because everything going on in my life. So yeah, um, I don't know what's really going There's so many movies. I was going to see, like, I never got to see uh, Isle of Dogs. I feel so bad about that. I've seen Avenger Infinity War twice. Um, so, yeah. Top five at the box office. Hurrah. Let's Good. talk about let's it. Talk. So, let's go number five from Universal Breaking In. Payback is a mother. Uh, horror film. <laughs> about the <laughs> dumbest tagline in the world. Uh, well, Breaking In is a mother. They're, they're, they're doing all these weird, like, you know. Uh, like, like with blockers and other, yeah. Anyways, they need to stop this. Yeah, yeah, yep. Anyways, like the movie, I'm sure the movies. I haven't seen Breaking, and I'm sure the movie's okay. It made its money back, but yeah, the the marketing. Are you can payback as a mother? Yeah. Why? I'm not Why, gonna, Universal. I'm not going to see this. Uh, you know better, Universal. So they made six point four million dollars this weekend. Uh, but they, yeah, they made their money. The budget was six million. I mean, so this is one. The horror films are notoriously low budget, even for uh, you know big studios, because they can. You know, uh, the special effects are pretty rudimentary. You know, back to like Alfred Hitchcock. You know, the, that kind of era. You can do it and still give it the feel that it needs. So yeah, good for breaking in. Um, number four, Life of the Party. Yeah, go Melissa McCarthy. Um, do you, I, I'm guessing you probably haven't seen this. I don't. I'm just tired of Melissa McCarthy playing these characters. Yeah. I like. Okay. I like. Here's the thing. I'm gonna be in the minority with what I say here and right now. I like Melissa McCarthy as a comedic actress. I think she was great in Bridesmaids. I think she was hilarious in that movie, The Heat with Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I like. I thought Spy was cool. I really liked Spy um, with her and Jason Statham. Um, and I liked the Ghostbusters remake. I, 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 did too. I even bought it. I even bought the digital download. Oh, see, yeah, I thought that movie was good. Now, that being said, Melissa McCarthy needs to stop working with her husband. Uh, Tammy was horrible. Mm-hmm. The Boss was horrible. Mm-hmm. Life at the Party just doesn't look good. And I think you can attribute that to working with her husband as a director, Ben Falcone. Ben Falcone, it's yeah. just it's just not working. It's not. And the thing is, I think, like, a lot of the... Like, she, does, she does, like, a lot of this really crass, dirty stuff. And I saw her at Disneyland with Sandra Bullock once. And she had a chocolate-covered banana that she was taking... Had Sandra taking suggestive pictures with her with when I oh saw her. My. So I'm just like, okay, so she is the, she is this way in real life as she is in the movies. Which I mean, you could be that way in real but <laughs> they're done. I just like okay. This, this is really her. This is this. so. There, there's no difference between the screen her and the real her. I mean, and Sandra Bullock no, had her son with her. I, 
I will say this, this 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 trailer isn't for kids, but have you seen the trailer to her new movie, mm-hmm. uh, Happy Time Murders? Yeah, I have. I saw the Red Band trailer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. What you think? Eh, I, okay, so I know what they're trying to get at, and they've been the Muppets, you know, the studio, the the studios have been trying to break out of this child's mold for a long time. Like we're not just for children. But puppets, I just got fell into that. So they're really kind of trying to push that, that sure. agenda. But I, I'm not. I don't know. I may see it. I don't know. It's just, it's gonna get the same reaction because it's puppets, regardless. That the new Muppet Show did, which I really enjoyed the new Muppet Show. On oh, I did too. But people hated it because it was puppets. It was the Muppets. And so it's just. They said it was too adult driven. I'm like, are you kidding? Have you not seen the original Muppets? Yeah, the original, the original Muppets, Muppets was totally adult humor. Yeah, except it was it was it was a different type of it because it was in the 70s. So, yeah, it's it's. I I, 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 I liked I like the concept of it. I just don't think it's gonna do any good. It's, it's not gonna do well. See, I'm the same way. I like the idea they're going for. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think the trailer was that funny. Melissa McCarthy was actually funnier than the Muppets in that trailer. Um, they're the very last scene in the trailer, is so so raunchy and mm. over the top. I don't know what to expect. And Melissa uh, McCarthy, if doing... you're over the age of eighteen, check the trailer out. Yeah, um, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is also doing that one like kind of a serious drama where she plays a, a washed-up author. I keep seeing the previews for it. That actually looks really good. That looks good. Like if she can pull off a dramatic role, like. Like a Jim Carrey thing, where you know Jim Carrey for so long was just slapstick, stupid, slapstick, stupid. And we started getting really sick of it, and then we had like the Truman Show, and you know, um, what's the one uh, with what's her name from Titanic? Uh, oh, uh, Eternal Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Yeah, that was genius, freaking genius. So and we had the yeah. same thing with Adam Sandler before he went to Netflix. You know, um, so if she can really break out into these dramatic roles, I'm all for it because I'm tired of the same thing she's doing over and over and over again. It's tough. Yeah. Crass, but yeah, anyways. I agree with that. Number three at $12.5 million was Book Club. I know you were there opening night to see Alicia Silverstone and Jane Fonda, and Diane okay. King. Yeah, and Andy, Andy Garcia. Actually, this has a really good cast. I can't doubt on the cast. Can I, can I just tell you that I'm not one that's ever read the Fifty Shades books, never seen the movies. That being said... I have like this soft spot for like old women comedies. <laughs> I I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like one of my favorite shows of all time is uh, the Golden Girls. Yeah, goal is the Golden Girls. We all grew up. on I it. love watching old women just wisecrack with each other. It's my favorite thing in the world. And they're wisecracking on this like Fifty Shades book. Like, yep. there's a part of me that wants to see it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Jenny that Ray. being said, I haven't seen it. Jenny Ray, who um, has her own friend of the show, and she's been um, she's now actually DJ um, at Disney Radio. She was tweeting about it yesterday and said how great it was, how she was the youngest one there by 30 years. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And See, so, Jenny, I, I want to be the youngest one by like 30, 40 years myself. Uh, yeah, probably the only male in there. You're right. <laughs> I, might just, I might just go do it and like... Hopefully no one else is in there. It's like, see, like, the last showing of the day, no one else is in there, just live-tweeting during the whole thing. Oh, you should. That'd be that'd, funny. That'd be hilarious. So that is the number three. And going over to the number two spot, no surprise here, Avengers Infinity War. 
Uh, $28.6 million. It's, uh, gosh, it's world. Let's look at its worldwide take right now. Well, okay, it's like $1.8 billion or $1. something. $1.8 billion. That is in freaking state. It just opened up in China, am I right? Uh, last week, yeah. Last week, yeah. So it's. I don't think it's going to cross the $2 billion mark. Um, oh, I think so. You think it will? I still think so. Okay, okay. You're I, not alone. Uh, anyways, number one, Deadpool 2, $125 million, one of the highest grossing film, radar films for an opening weekend. Did you see Deadpool yet? I saw it Thursday night, Thursday actually. Thursday night, opening night. So how good is it? How crass is it? What was it compared um, to the first one? I, I I have to see it a second time to compare it to the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this. It's raunchier than the first one. Um, the jokes are a lot more meta in this one. Okay. Um it uses the R rating to its fullest. Okay. I had a... Okay, this is what I'm going to say with Deadpool 2, because Deadpool 2 is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. However, I enjoyed... I'm going to say this. I enjoyed Avengers Infinity War for the experience, the you know the, the investment, and seeing oh, yeah. all our characters. You know, the, it's the Avengers 10 years leading up to it. However... I think I had a, a I'll say a much, it probably, uh, uh, the words I want to use. I think it was a much funner experience seeing Deadpool. Okay, I can see that. It was just, it was funnier. It was, it's two completely different movies. Really can't compare the, the, the two, but it was a good time. It's This movie's not going to be for everyone. I, I You're going to have a lot of people who are going to be like, it's gross, it's over the top but i think that's what deadpool really is yeah deadpool is its marketing campaign the studio has never said hey this is a movie we're gonna put out to win oscars you know Mm. you know win awards uh be a serious movie it's it's just over the top meta comic book movie now is it better than the first or not I, i still can't tell you if it's better than the first or not all right, all right. Yeah, the reviews have been mixed. I've been I've been reading. Uh, overall, people like it. I can hearing the first one's probably better. Um, this one seems like it's a little more forced. But there were initial reports months ago saying that oh, it's horrible, it's awful, and we had you had found out that that was actually false. So it's going to hold up, I think. Um, I I'm just wondering how how is this going to work in a world where you know in two in about two years Disney's going to own Fox. And are they going to work in Deadpool and the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And how would that work? That's because that's eventually going to happen. Either they're just going to keep it its own separate thing and it's never going to cross over. But are they going to bring X-Men over? I, that's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out with the Disney Universe, with the Marvel Universe. Um, but they'll pro- I'm guessing they'll probably have its own. It's such a moneymaker that Disney would be stupid to tone it down, I think. I don't think they would. Yeah, they, I just don't know. Are they going to bring it in, bring him into Marvel or not? What do you think? I think you, ah, uh, the tones and the worlds are so different. Mm-hmm. I think the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe is set up right now, I think you could do it and get away with it, especially with Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Now, could you could you bring him into the universe and make it rated R though? Yes, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think you do it rated R, 
and I think you include Spider Man. I think that'd be so fun. Yeah, I would. A Tom that, Holland, mm-hmm. dead, uh, Deadpool movie. Oh gosh, oh there would be so much outcry though. I'm, uh, st- I'm oh, still, well. I'm still wondering if we're going to see Spidey and Venom at all because it just it bugs me if he's not in there. Like it makes zero sense if there's no Spider Man reference in Venom at all. Oh. There's going to be a reference. I think the biggest, I think what's most likely, it's not going to be Spider-Man we see. It's going to be Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Now, something. Something will let us know these universes are somehow related, even though they're not. But they are, but they're not. Anyways. We, exactly. sh- we shall see. What movies have you guys been seeing? Because uh, we got a big movie coming up this weekend. I'm excited for I have my tickets. I got four friends coming with me. Solo, a Star Wars story, releases this Thursday night, Friday. I'm actually very excited about this film. I'm hearing good things. I've read Scholar's Review. Pretty good things I'm hearing. There are some issues most movies have, but um, what I'm hearing is better than Rogue One, which is high praise, I think. Skylar, overall, no spoilers. Your impressions of Solo, and should we go see it? Uh, should you go see it? Yes. Um, especially if you haven't seen a Star Wars movie. Without, It's hard to really talk about this movie with no spoilers because even though it's a, a almost a standalone spinoff movie, mm-hmm. there's still a lot that you know goes on in this movie that could be spoiled. Alden Ehrenreich and Chewie have a really good connection. The way they meet is very fun. Um it's just a, it's just a fun it's just a fun movie. That's what this movie is. It's a fun adventure movie. So it really it really is an origin story. Then we see you know oh, yeah. Han meeting Chewie. We see Han meeting you know Lando. We have Willie Harrelson's character who acts like a mentor, from what I understand. So it's all kind of bringing us to where, who is Han Solo, gets us kind of his background, that sort of thing. Um, and you said the all in Aaron Reich issue. People were worried about he needed an acting coach. That's pretty much put to rest now. Oh, yeah. After you see this movie, you'll understand. Uh, and for the most part, you can hear because I was at a I was at a, uh, a press screening for the movie. So there was like people from Coming Soon there and uh, people from uh, Slash Film were there, Collider. And where I just the whispers, you could just hear people say, you know, it, once you watch the movie, you're you see Han Solo. You don't see a guy pretending to be Han Solo. You don't see you just you you watch this movie and now you're following the character of Han Solo. So there, there's a lot of those quips you see in the trailer throughout the whole movie where you're like, oh, my gosh, that that's totally what Harrison Ford would do for Han Solo. Yeah. He just he just does a really good job. Um, and I have been very open about this after seeing it that right now and it might change after I see it a second time. But right now. This is my favorite Star Wars movie developed uh, since the acquisition uh, from Disney. That is high praise. That is very high praise. So better than Rogue One, Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. Correct. All right. I. And then there's news now that we're going to get a Lando spinoff film from this. Like, that was announced last week. Okay. That was already killed. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the we're killing website- it now. Yeah, the the website that the website that reported that uh, took Kathleen Kennedy's uh, words totally wrong. 
actor or I mean a, a French reporter and translating from French to English screws everything up. Uh, basically, what Kathleen Kennedy said was, you know, Lando's a great character and maybe sometime down the line that could be something we look into. But right now it's not like in our plans, uh, but it is something we, we could look into in the future. Um, it there's if there's two movies they were to announce tomorrow. Uh, new solo or new spinoffs it would be obi-wan which is going into production next year yeah that's that's gonna happen and a solo uh, another solo movie okay so the the, the film leaves us in a place where we could have a sequel or a spinoff to this film oh yeah okay that's encouraging. And not, it's not that it leaves this movie like, oh my gosh, it's a cliffhanger. Or, oh my gosh, you could totally see this getting a sequel. It ends so far before the events of episode four. And this is no spoiler. The movie ends so far after the events of uh, episode three, I should say, that you go in. There's still years before A New Hope happens. Uh-huh. So you could keep telling new adventures and new stories with Han Solo. Okay, I'm just hoping, and don't tell me whether it's there or not. I'm just hoping something, a reference to the Kessel Run. That's all I want from this film. That and some sort of joke about, like, I always shoot first or something. Don't tell me whether it's there or not. I want to be surprised. But that's like the two things I'm like, I know you're probably like, oh, you're going to be disappointed now, Andy. That's fine. I'll cry after the film. But... Well, you're just going to wait and see uh, when the movie comes out this Thursday night, this, Friday morning. This Thursday night, I will be there. I have my tickets. I'm ready to go. Um, well, I do want to talk real quick about this this uh, TV series, this streaming series we're getting uh, from John Favreau. That's, he had talked about at the solo premiere. He got kind of cornered by, um, I think it was Nerdist, and he kind of opened up a little bit about what this this show is going to look like this this streaming series um basically it's going to be happening about seven years after the battle of yavin and it's not necessarily going to explore some of our main characters but some more of the off characters which i think is good but at the same time how are we going to explore that time period without having a luke and a leia what are your thoughts on the fact that we're getting this series i really thought this series from john favreau was going to be Old Republic or some you know more in between but this really this is this is just kind of like right like two or three years after Return of the Jedi so this just tells me that first off you don't you don't go against John Favreau Mm-mm. uh he's proved himself way too many times as a director now that we can trust him uh I think this tells me that either the Game of Thrones guys who are writing material writers, for Star yeah. Wars or Ryan Johnson's uh, spin-off trilogy is Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Something just telling me. Something I don't know what it is yet. I can't I'm not going to confirm it cuz I don't know, but I'm going to I'm going to find out. I yeah, will find I, out. I think I think Ryan Johnson would be a much better fit for that kind of series. Cuz I, I I finally I I bought um, the Last Jedi weeks ago. I finally got a chance to watch this week, and I didn't like it as much as I did in theaters. I'm oh, like, I didn't either. I, like, I still, I still like it, and I don't. But it's still a really good movie. I feel, yeah, it is, I feel like, like Ryan Johnson, in a lot of ways, kind of went out of his way to kind of mess up the canon a little bit. And I know that's what people were saying, but I'm just like, man, but he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do this, like. You know, some things like we talked about the cancel bite, you know, that whole thing. Didn't need to do that. 
um, you know, the whole kid with the force broom. Some of the stuff he just didn't need to do. Like, why did uh, it just, it, yeah, like, I don't know, like Vice Admiral Holdo, like, that was, that was such, such a plot hole to me. That- I'm, just, I'm not a fan of taking episodic films and going, let's change the director of every film. That was my problem. That was, I've it should be J.J. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, if you're gonna go with J.J. Abrams, stick with J.J. Abrams, and it kind of proves my kind of proves my point a little by them going back to J.J. Abrams for, you know, episode nine. I mean, which is what kind of what Marvel's doing. I mean, Marvel gets these, you know, big directors, Taika Waititi, you know, all these other great directors for their stuff. But like the Russo brothers, they, they, there was this line they needed to keep. So, you know, they have the Russo brothers for you know, Winter Soldier. Then for Civil War, and now because the, that became kind of the main, you know, thread through everything, now you have them doing Avengers 3 and 4, which kind of holds everything together. And plus you have essentially a showrunner type person, producer, in Kevin Feige, who's keeping it all together. And I feel like there needs to be more of a showrunner type personality in the Star Wars universe because Kathleen Kennedy, I just don't feel like, fills that role. She's a great producer. She's a great executive producer. She's a great executive. But I don't feel like there's like a, like a person who's keeping all of this congruent and together and making sure people aren't going too far to left or right, in my opinion, in Star Wars. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, that. Yeah, that's tough. Because I, I think there are some things Kathleen Kennedy's done really well. Um Obviously, holding on to directors probably isn't the uh, the strongest thing they've done. Yeah. Or hiring, I'll say that. But I think trying to figure out a universe, I, I and and trying to tell new stories, I, I think that's where she's done a good job. I don't know. That that's a, that's tough. Like I'm not gonna disagree with you and say there's there maybe there shouldn't be another voice in the office. Yeah. No, I don't want to. We'll think, have to wait and see. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't take anything away from Kathleen Kennedy as as a studio exec, as a producer. She is amazing. She's great at what she does. She's been involved. I mean, any name one of your favorite films in the last forty years. She was somehow a part of it. I guarantee. Oh yeah. You. Either an associate producer or you know, any everything. Well, with Amblin and Spielberg. Am, yeah, everything Spielberg time. did before you know nineteen ninety nine. Essentially, she was a part of it somehow. So. I don't want to take that away from her. I just feel like Marvel's with Kevin Feige. They've done a really good job of just making this universe cohesive. And there's little tiny things that like, oh, the year's off here or there. But the way the story's running, they, they could fix that easily. So Exactly. That's just my opinion. But I'm so looking forward to Solo. I'm glad it's it, it shut up all the, the trolls out there who are listening right now. Hello there, trolls. We love you so much. Um, and you can, now here's the big thing. Is Solo going to beat out... Deadpool 2 at the box office next weekend. Easy. That's easy money right there. I would agree. Yeah. There's so much coming out right now. Because then you have you have Solo this week, and then you got Incredibles coming out, and then you have Jurassic World, which easily could make more than you know $1.5 billion compared to the first one. So we shall see. But speaking of Incredibles 2, what, what, what news do you have from us, Disney Film Facts, about Incredibles 2? Oh, right. what's going on? What's going on? There's a, there's a, there's an Incredibles Day that like a lot of our friends were at, which I really wanted to be there. So what what what's the tracking looking like on this? What are people saying about this movie? What, what's going on? What's happening? I want to know. The people want to know what's happening with this film. Oh, 110 million dollars opening, opening weekend. That's really good. That's really good. That's what they're predicting, which would be, 
I believe seventy million dollars was the original, so it'd make well over the seventy million opening weekend of the first film. Uh, yeah, and this is the film we've all wanted. Everybody's wanted this from Pixar. This sequel, like they keep making all these other sequels, like give us an Incredibles. And you can easily have an incredible cinematic universe. I mean, well, I personally subscribe to the Pixar cinematic universe. Thank you, John Negroni. But you know, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. What, so this this film is coming out here in on June fifteenth, I believe, or June fourteenth. And we know there's a lot of villains. We know it's based around Mrs. Incredible. You know, Elastigirl. What? If it feels like to me, Pixar's trying really hard with the promotion of this film, with the marketing. Is there a reason for that? Or is it just that Incredibles hasn't been, has been out of the consciousness of the media for so long they're just trying to re-inject it back in? Because you had the Incredibles Day, you had all these huge social media influencers for Disney and other people out there. You know, I mean, name of, name an influencer we know. They were probably there um, at in Emeryville this last week. From Leo, Sarah, everybody was there. So why is why are they trying? They seem like they're really kind of trying hard on the marketing on this one. I, you know, I think that as as they should, honestly, uh, Incredibles two is opening up in a stacked month of June. Uh, people are forgetting that June has a lot of big movies coming out with Ocean's Eight, Jurassic World, a uh, Solo will have been out for a couple weeks. Um, so Pixar really wants to make sure the Incredibles, uh, you know, shines. Uh, this is a movie we've been waiting for for over a decade, and they need this movie to work because this is, you know. I wouldn't say a risk for the studio, but this is something they're banking on being a hit in the same fashion that Finding Dory was a hit for the studio, mm-hmm. which may cross a billion dollars for insane, Pixar. insane, insane. Um, yeah, despite that movie not even being a good movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went there, Pixar. Oh, um, shots fired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, and, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Incredibles Day. I mean, I... I don't know if it needed its own day. Like, we don't have a Toy Story day. And I think Toy Story is more relevant to the Pixar universe. Absolutely. Or even the pop culture universe and The Incredibles. But whatever, they're doing it. They're promoting the movie, which I think is is a smart business move to get, you know, the name out there and ready for people. So, Yeah, it's funny watching um, on Instagram feed. I kept getting all these all people at the Pixar day. And then they had to tag paid promotion with Pixar, paid promotion with Pixar. All, you know, all these people out there, you know, Brian Hall, all these guys were, you know, it looked like fun, though. It looked like a lot of fun. Maybe one day they'll invite us to one of those things, but they don't invite podcasters right now or writers. That'll, that'll change. That better change. Disney, Pixar, come on. 40,000 downloads a month. Come on, guys. People, people want to know. They want to know what we think about it. Send us to Emeryville. Please, please, Pixar, please. Please. Anyways, I'll like uh, I'll say I like Finding Dory. Finding Dory was amazing. I love Finding Dory, and the Good Dinosaur was was a cinematic classic. Instant, you know. No, sorry. I like the Good Dinosaur, but no, Finding Dory's (laughs) Finding Dory is basically Secret Life of Pets. Yes, it is. It is, and it came out the same summer. What do you do? Oh yeah, it did. Speaking of Pixar, so you refuted a rumor this week, and we're going to talk about this more as confirmation actually comes out um that disney is considering bringing back former founder co-founder and the executive of pixar and disney animation john lasseter 
And so that has been met with some controversy. <laughs> Obviously, he was wrapped up in some accusations, uh, abuse of power, um, sexual sexual mis- not mis- sexual misconduct and harassment accusations, lots of things. They put him on a leave of absence, a hiatus, and oh, yeah, six months sabbatical. Six months sabbatical, and uh, you know this is a guy. If you're a Disney Pixar fan, you've adored him. You've adored what he's done, not only with Pixar, but what he's been able to bring as an executive and a creative person to the Disney company as you know head of Imagineering, uh, taking over the Disney Animation Studios. But and you hear these accusations and some of this. The, the, the behavior and just the heinous things that were happening like oh my gosh and now there's rumors that Disney is cons- from legit you know trusted sources saying oh, you oh know, yeah 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 Ben Fritz of the Wall Street Journal yeah, is actually like, reporting this like, I read that I'm like okay that's not what I've heard so I, I how do you feel about the potential John Lasseter coming back or is that even a possibility I know your sources just say no he's gone yeah, uh, the the people that I that I trust have told me he's gone. That the the likelihood of a Pete Doctor, Jennifer Lee, Rich Moore, uh, an Andrew Stanton taking over for the company is very likely. Um, that being said, I'm gonna I want to talk really quick on the Wall Street Journal's report. Um, and it's the Wall Street Journal. Like this is like big time. This is legit you know, journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I'm to to flat out call them liars would be not only unprofessional, but you know, kind of lying. Um, I'm just telling people what I have heard on my side. So I'm not buying into what the Wall Street Journal's uh, saying. And it's maybe not that what you know the reporters are saying more that maybe their sources are telling them. Uh, here's why there, this is a huge problem if it's true. If it's true, it not only does it show a does that shed a bad light on the Disney company, uh, a the Me Too movement, the mm-hmm. Times Up movement, mm-hmm. and all these people who have even working for Disney currently who have spoken out on women's issues uh, yeah. and just issues in the workplace. Uh, especially on the female side uh-huh. it, it, it would show a huge you know lack of prof, unpro, uh, professionalism uh, a dark cloud over disney and if there is one person who does not like a dark cloud over the house of mouse it's bob Iger. yep he does not want any drama in in the house in the house of mouse it's just we've seen it in the past uh behind closed doors this is just and i have said this for months since we talked about it with Sarah. Now it's been six months now. Yeah. Uh, I expect to hear something this week. His six months is up this coming week. Um, what I had said on the podcast when we were talking with Sarah is that he's going to take the six month leave. And then when the six months comes around, he's going to, you know, release a, you know, a press statement saying I'm, I'm walking away from the company. Does it show Disney's fired him? Uh, Disney's working with him. Uh, it's I, I have decided to walk away on my own terms. I, I think that's what's going to happen. But to give him even the slightest amount of power, uh, even if it's overseeing some animation, would be a huge mistake for the Disney company, mm-hmm. uh, a huge slap into the face to all the women who work for the Disney company who had issues with Lasseter. Um, 
And despite him being, you know, the guy who created some of our fondest memories uh, from the Pixar company, uh, I'm sorry. But like I said, Jennifer Lee Richmore, there are people who can come in here uh, that have worked for Disney and Pixar that can take over for John Lasseter and tell tell you big stories. It's not just John Lasseter. He's not the only storyteller out there in the world. There's a lot of names you can pull from. Um, I'm not buying it right now. I, I trust the people I've t- talked to. I don't think he comes back. I don't think he comes back in any role, big or small. I think he's done. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he went to another animation studio, given a second chance somewhere. Yeah, I'd say. Maybe like a, like a Sony Pictures or, a, you know, a Warner Brothers animation. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I, does, will he get a second chance? I don't know. I'm not saying he deserves it. I'm not saying he'll get one. But I don't think he comes back. And one thing I, I, I feel, I completely, I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, I, he, I think it'd be disrespectful to have him come back. But I, I want to make sure that we don't, as Disney fans, as film fans, don't we we try to our best, and it's hard to do, to separate the art from the person. Um, I was recently at a a uh, Q and A with Academy Award-winning actor uh, Christopher Cooper. Um, he, won an oh, Academy, yeah, yeah. he won an Academy Award for American Beauty. And there's this scene in American Beauty where he plays, um, essentially, it's a, he's denied an advance. He, tries to, he, he makes an advance towards Kevin Spacey's character, a, a sexual advance towards him in that movie. And they were showing, um, just oh, kind ironic. of, they, they were showing before, before Chris Cooper talked, kind of a reel of his best stuff. And that was the last thing they saw. And there was this noticeable moan in there because, because of the scene, and it was it was so heaven, you know, heavily Kevin Spacey, and something. Um, all my friends and and colleagues and, and a professor who was there with me were saying is, as much as it's hard for us to look at Kevin Spacey's work, and especially that scene with Christopher Cooper, you know, we it doesn't take away from the fact that he was a brilliant actor. Now, will he ever work in Hollywood again? My answer is no. Kevin Spacey will never work in Hollywood again. He shouldn't uh, for the heinous, horrible things he's done. But American Beauty as a film is much bigger than Kevin Spacey. Just like this, this you know, uh, Baby Driver is way bigger than Kevin Spacey. He played a secondary role and people aren't wanting to, you know, see Baby Driver again. I get that. Um, now, am I, if Kevin Spacey does make another movie, am I going to go see it? Chances are no. I'm not going to go pay to see a Kevin Spacey movie or even use my movie pass to do it. But I don't want to take away from what has been accomplished. John Lasseter oh. was the head writer, animator on so many of our our classic Pixar films and Disney films. But he is a small part. He is a small cog in the workings that is Pixar. And we don't want to take away from the hundreds, if not thousands of people who worked on those films and poured their heart and souls as voice actors, as animators, as you know, set designers, and all the different aspects that go into making a computer-generated uh, animated film. And so it's don't. I heard you know when this first came out, people are talking about you know smashing their you know Toy Story DVD or Blu-ray. We don't want to do that. Um, it, it may be hard sometimes. Well, but let, me, let me ask you a really tough question, and I'm. You say that uh, Kevin Spacey, you probably wouldn't see his movies uh, again. 
I wouldn't pay to see a new film of his, no. Okay, so now my question to you would be, Toy Story, let's say Toy Story 4 opens up next year. Mm-hmm. Um, John Lasseter hasn't been fired from the company. He he does work. He not He's not in that big role, but he's in that small role. Mm-hmm. Do you see Toy Story 4? Does he have a credit in the film? Yeah, he he's he's part of he's he oversaw animation. Let's say he gets a story credit. Okay. Um if he's back, I I would say I'm leaning towards no, I would not. And that is very hard for me to say cuz I think it is a huge mistake for Disney Pixar to do that. But then again, like I said, there are the hundreds and hundreds of other people who worked on that film from, you know, development to, you know, post-production to marketing. So I I don't think Disney's going to do that to us, but you bring up a really good point. Like, you know, I I love Toy Story. I remember seeing Toy Story in in high school. So do I need to stand by my principles and not see it? that's, that, that's very hard for me to say right now. Um, I'm leaning towards no. I, because it's just I think I think it's a huge mistake for Disney to do that. I think See, I, uh, I I lean towards no too. And I think I, I think a lot of our contemporaries, a lot of our colleagues in the YouTube podcasting space, would probably say the same thing. I won't speak for I, them, but I just knowing them, I'm like I think they might say the same thing. At the same time, you want to you want to go out there and say, you know what, and and this is why I, I also think it's it's you know hogwash that people really think John Lasseter returns because the outcry like there's going to be people who grew up with Pixar who are going to start to take a stance against you know the Pixar you know Pixar mm-hmm. and say, yeah, yeah. let's not see this movie and you know it, which is drama. Yeah. At the same, but at the same time, playing kind of like a, a small devil's advocate, it's just like, man, like it's Toy Story four, and it's these new original concepts are starting to create. It, it's a tough question. It is. It is. Uh, I. Gosh, it's it's one of those. And I guess the whole thing that bothers me about it is, there are people who had to before all this came out. There are people in the company who had to have known. This was how, there were people in the company who had to have known. There are people who, who within the industry, knew that this stuff was going on and, for whatever reason, never came to light, never was dealt with, until the industry itself got into a place where you can't keep this stuff quiet and people are emboldened, like, oh, I can tell my story and not lose my career now. And that, I think that's, that, that, that's the frustrating thing. Not, I'm not blaming victims here because I know how hard that is to come out, but there are people who victims went to HR and other, th- other things and reported these things and nothing happened, you know? And so this kind of behavior went on for years and years and years and years. And it's just so frustrating. So, but that I I hate, I was talking to somebody in the industry and I said, that's just been the industry for years and there's no excuse for it. But that's the, that was the status quo until some very brave souls said, screw that. And we're going to come out. And then everyone else is like, wow, we can come out and not lose our jobs. And then, you know, Thank God we now have the you know enough is enough and you know uh, Me Too movement and you know Time's Up movement and all this stuff going on now. So 
But yeah, my opinion is he is not and should not come back. Gosh, yeah. So in the show on a downer, guys. Thanks a lot, Andy, Sorry. for the horrible, horrible show notes. Gosh. Anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna see Solo, guys. So let us know if you see Solo this weekend. What you thought? Um, hit us up on all the various social media networks. Go to thedcast.com for all of our various social media. You can hit me up uh, at Andy Herndon on Instagram or on Twitter. And Skyler, where can they reach you? Uh, check out DisneyFilmFacts.com for all the latest, greatest news in the world of Disney, Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars. It's been a slow week, but hopefully that yeah. changes here with summer coming along. And uh, yeah, don't forget to uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Leave us an iTunes review. We want those reviews. Get us iTunes reviews. Check us out on Patreon. All that fun stuff. Like, subscribe, share. And with that, guys, we just want to communicate with you, so make sure you're talking to us, and uh, we, can, we can make the show everything you want it to be. With that, guys, my name is Andy Herndon, and with me, as always, is... Skylar Shula. And you've been listening to episode number 159 of The D-Cast. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode number 159 of The D-Cast. We do appreciate your patience on this episode as we had some audio issues midway through. We did our best to correct it. You may have noticed it in there. So thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, share, and all the various social media networks. And we'll see you next week for episode number 160 of The D-Cast. Thank you.